Um, definitely document, document, document. Um, whether it's um, you know keeping a schedule for your project and documenting the tasks that you're completing, or keeping a tracker of the life cycle of your contracts. Um, whatever it is, spend that little bit of extra time to document the, the work that you're doing, the completion of these tasks, um, because in the end, that is going to save you so much um, effort and time, money. It's all going to be a huge savings um, and, and, and savings of frustration, I would say. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups and uh, seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and we're always here to help. Now, today we have another great expert episode and we'll, uh, where we'll having uh, Angela Thurman on. And as a quick introduction to a little bit about what we'll be talking about, it's a lot to do with management now. Management can mean a lot of things, so it's going to be more about contracts related to supplier management and contract life cycles and dealing with right-of-ways and supply chain management and flow charts and cheat sheets for contracts and uh, probably or several other things. Uh, but with that much as a brief introduction is what we're going to be talking about. Welcome on to the podcast, Angela. Well, thank you, Devin. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So I gave just a brief introduction as to some of the things we'll be talking about. But before we uh, dive into the topic at hand, maybe if you can just take a, a couple minutes and uh, introduce yourself a bit to the audience and let them know why you're an expert on the episode or on the area. Great. Thank you. So I am the um, principal managing director for Thurman Co. I am um, a uh, sort of a, a boutique uh, um, project management consulting uh, firm in Houston. And I am a certified project management professional with um, about 30 years of project management experience, primarily in aerospace and telecommunications. So um, I had the luxury of being trained in project management early in my career at NASA by Dr. Harold Kirshner, who is um, recognized in the community as probably the godfather of modern project management theory. He literally wrote the book and I have that book on my shelf. Um, so very, very lucky um, to be trained by Dr. Kirshner and, and then to apply those um, uh, skills uh, to project management in the um, space station program um, way, way back in, in my career. And then since then, I've continued to work in technical program management um, in, in telecommunications and in aerospace, most recently, uh, 10 years for a major US um, aerospace company, um, dealing in supply chain um, issues, risk assessment, and um, 
I did apply uh, a lot of that to contracts, contract management and um, risk assessment. Um, and, um, uh, and, and then of course the technical uh, skills as I am a degreed engineer. So now, no, and I think that's a great background. And with that, as much as an introduction, let's dive into the, the topic at hand. So one question I would assume people will probably have is, you know, why do I need project management? Why do I need contract management? Hey, one thing is I manage projects just fine. And if I have a contract, we review it and we sign it and that's the end of it, right? So kind of give people an idea as to what they should be thinking about, what they should be looking about, and to a degree, why they should care about this area of, of their business to make sure that there is done right. Sure. So um, so projects are, are defined as a temporal uh, event. They have a start and a finish date. Um, in aerospace and in telecom, however, those events can last a very long time, 20, 30, 40 years. And so for both the project and the contract, you're looking at something that um, can last for an entire career and oftentimes um, may be handed off from one person to another person. Um, it's unlikely that one uh, project manager or one product manager is going to be responsible for that um, project for the entire time. So you're going to want to have someone who has a good, strong background in project management or contract management um, so that you are um, assured of having all of the documentation um, um, captured, archived, organized, and easily accessible for the entire team as it gets passed along from one person to the next as roles change um, in the project team. That would be one reason. And then Project management is, is not a, an easy thing. If you're going to do it well, um, and that's why we have a very um, robust examination to become a certified um, project management professional. Um, in order to become a PMP, you have to show a lengthy history of uh, project management um, a skill, and, and then you have to sit for a very difficult exam that most people study for, um, for months. Mm. And um, so it's, it's, um, um, it's, it's not something that you just decide, oh, I'm going to be a project manager, and, and then voila, you are. Mm. So um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a rigorous um, training. Now, let me kind of follow up with one question, because a lot of our audience is going to be startups, small businesses, people just getting into it. They may not mm-hmm. be able to go through all of the training. They may not have some, you know, have the bandwidth to hire someone at this point and definitely understand mm-hmm. that as they grow and as they get bigger, it's a great area that they should be, or, you know, they should be looking into. Mm-hmm. But if you're to say, okay, you know, I, I don't like project, you know, projects are hard to manage. You know, I don't always do a good job or I don't keep on top of things or I don't, you know, 
know how did you go about doing this? Because I don't have that formal training. What are the best ways to, you know, aside from hiring someone that's awesome and trained and knows what they're doing, if you're at, a, at a, a, an earlier stage on, what are some of the things that you should be looking about or thinking about or resources you'd be looking into? Or how do you get going with understanding how to, at least at a minimalistic level, uh, pursue project management? So there are some very good courses that are available um, for free um, that you can you can train. Um, uh, LinkedIn Learning offers some really really good courses. So um, and and routinely they make these available to the public. Um, uh, Bonnie Biafor is highly recognized and recommended as a as a project management trainer. Um, I would also recommend that you get connected with your local project management institute or PMI chapter. And most um, most chapters will have a um, a list of people that are willing to do a certain amount of pro bono work because every PMP member has um, a, a set number of hours of professional development that we continue to work on um, throughout our career. And some of that is, is in giving back to the community. So maybe you can get a PMI member who is a PMP to, um, to help with a, with a small project or to help you set up some templates or there are templates available um, for free um, from PMI or um, other resources. Um, Microsoft has an excellent software tool um, just called Microsoft Project. It is rather complicated if you're not a project management um, professional, but um, if you um, if you dedicate yourself to learning the tool, um, you can definitely um, make your way. And and that is is one good resource I would recommend. There awesome. are lots of other tools available as well. No, I think that that sounds great, and definitely is always good to have those tools to have a yes. place to start as you're learning. Now, shifting yes. gears just a bit, and it kind of goes along with project management. But there's yes. also you, what you know people maybe at least vaguely familiar with, which is supply chain management or you know those type of things where they're saying okay. I have to not, you know, if you're in a business where you're using third parties, you're using vendors, you're having suppliers and, and that type of thing, you're not only having to, and it can be whether it's a huge business and you have a whole bunch of suppliers or you have a couple of suppliers, mm -hmm. but you're, you know, having to manage that supply chain. And, you know, that's where as you get into a lot of COVID, you're seeing that that's, that's had a major impact on supply chains, right? In the sense yes. that you're seeing, every, seeing everything from, you know, I was going into, as a complete aside, but was going into having my bike fixed the other day and went into the a, a local bike shop and they do an awesome job. And I was talking with about them as they're they doing a bit of tune up and some work on the bike and, you know, asking them how the business is going. They say, well, the, uh, you know, services side is going great. We have, you know, a lot of people that are doing biking and needing or wanting things fixed up and done on the sales side. We can't keep our bikes in, you know, even as us as vendors, 
we ordered something is probably two or two and a half years out before we're going to get it because the supply chain is so disrupted. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that one's certainly a difficult thing that even if it's not, especially if it's COVID, but even if it's not in a COVID time period where you're having to manage your supply chain and and, and make sure that you have the resources you need to run your business. So with that as a backdrop, you know, if you're looking at using other vendors, you do have a supply chain, you're not just purely a service-based business. What are some of the things, how should you go about managing your supply chain? What should, what should you be talking or thinking about? What contracts should you be thinking about if you're reviewing it? And kind of give us a bit of a, a, an overview or a summary of uh, what they, or what people should be looking at. Okay. So supply chain um, assessment is, it's all, about, and supply chain management is all about risk assessment. So you have to consider your business, your business model, and your appetite for risk. So um, some companies and some managers may be more risk averse than others. And so if you are a very risk averse company, then you're going to want to have redundancy in your supply chain as much as possible. Um, that may not always be possible. Um, so you're going to look for things uh, like, and some of it will depend on your customers and what the technical requirements and flow downs are and what sort of quality requirements and certifications they may have flowed down. So in aerospace, that's, that's, there are lots and lots of regulatory requirements that are flowed down. In automotive, there's also lots of regulatory flow downs. Um, many, many industries, pharma, food, those are all highly regulated industries. I'm hard pressed to think of an industry that's not um, highly regulated today. But um, so those are some of the considerations. In your supply chain management, um, you're going to want to think about what is the the system that you have in place, your ERP system, your MRP system that you have in place to manage your supply chain. Um, Now, for those, just just jumping in, for those artists, really, ERP, MRP, what do those stand for and what are um, they? Enterprise... um, Gosh, now you put me on the spot. Um, what, you can, <laughs> even if you don't remember the acronym, what are yeah, they? Or what are they, they, are the, they are the systems that the, the, um, the company has in place to manage um, inventory, production, purchase orders, deliveries, those sorts of things. So they, they may be from a company like SAP or Microsoft or Oracle, something like that. They would be a big... Um, the the big core of your financial reporting and inventory management, that sort of thing. No, makes sense. So Mm -hmm. one, one additional kind of question or uh, question or follow-up to that is, you know, supply chains, a lot of people, if you're, if you're a startup, small business, maybe this is your first foray into it. You know, you, you go everything for, you Google someone online, you ask for recommendations, you go to a Facebook group, you go to an Alibaba and, you know, find someone that's a, that says that they can provide, uh-huh. you know, 
Is there anything that are red flags when you're looking for, whether it's reviewing contracts or setting up a supply chain that you should be saying, hey, these are things that if it comes up, you should avoid, and or maybe on the opposite, if there are things that you're saying, hey, this is a good indication that it will be a good supplier, Any, mm -hmm. anything of that nature? Oh, you want to be able to know, can I, can I visit the supplier? Can I go conduct a site visit and, and view for myself their, the, the quality of the product that they produce? Can, um, can I see um, their production line? And, and, and can I evaluate for myself all of the areas of risk that are hot buttons for me. So, um, if if on-time delivery is a is a big hot button for me, can they show me a history of their on-time delivery for their customers, and can that somehow be validated? Hmm. Or if um, if um, whether or not they have um, the the appropriate certifications to produce a particular type of product is crucial. Do they have those certifications and can I validate that? Those are the types of things that you would want to be able to, to vet for yourself. And, and there are lots of um, uh, organizations that can help you with that information. No, it definitely sounds like those are some good points. I mean, it sounds like to a little bit, make sure you can, they can check in. Don't just take their word for it. Check to make sure they can actually deliver mm -hmm. what they've done. Have they done certifications? Mm -hmm. Can you actually go and see the work? Do they let you come on site? And those are things that mm -hmm. you're saying, no, don't worry about it. We don't need to be certified or, oh, you know, maybe we don't need you to come on site. Well, we can send you pictures. If they're uncomfortable, then that sounds like those are a few red flags that you should be thinking about is, okay, these ones may not be the best supply or supplier supply chain, and we may want to see if there are other options or better options to that. Yes, yes. If they won't tell you who their suppliers are, you know, uh, um, counterfeit parts can be a huge issue. So you, you may need to be able to prove the uh, origin of the parts throughout the entire supply chain. Um, and so that might be something that you would want to investigate. No, I think that's a great thing, especially when you're going foreign and some countries are great and very strict. If you go to the EU, generally they're going to be better, but you go into some other countries, you know, they may be making the part for the actual manufacturer, then they make it for, you know, make a knockoff that you can't even distinguish it, but they don't have the rights or the license or authority to make those parts for to sell them to you. And it can create a, a big, big issue, a legal issue for you as that becomes or comes about or if it gets discovered. So I think that's another great point. Now, right. one of the, now, one of the other things that we talked about, shifting gears just a little bit, back to maybe the contracts issue, is another thing you mentioned is kind of to have, you know, a flow chart of the contracts and kind of keep a table. Now, what is the, you know, if, what is the reason? Because I could see, you know, definitely if you're on a bigger scale and you're a huge company and, you know, you have a lot of contracts and somebody leaves, you're going to want to keep that continuity, which definitely makes sense. But it seems like a lot of that is even applicable on a, on a smaller scale because, even, you know, if you're a startup or a small business, a lot of times 
you hopefully you have a contract. Sometimes they don't even have one, but if they have a contract, oftentimes it gets lost or people don't know where it is or, you know, what it says. And so kind of uh, maybe talk, walk people through a little bit, talk people through how they should be managing their contracts, how they should organize them and what they should be kind of putting in that cheat sheet or that, you know, spreadsheet, so to speak, that helps them to manage, you know, if they're having multiple contracts. Sure. So I, I definitely recommend something as simple as a spreadsheet to just maintain the life cycle management of your contract. Because if you do have a contract for, with a supplier who is for a program um, or a project that's going to last 10 years or more, and roles are going to change. Um, there, you know, change is inevitable. And it's likely that you're going to have additional scope or some sort of changes requested by your customer. So maybe they've been ordering this box um, and it's always been black, it's always been black, but now they're going to order the box um, with a special designer brown um, version. And so now you've got this scope change that in addition to the black that we're going to continue to order, we're now going to offer the box in a designer brown. So um, you need to have, um, number one, you need to have a part number for the brown box. You need to start ordering brown paint. So you've got to have order to your supplier for brown paint and you're going to have to modify your contract with your supplier to, to order brown paint. So mm -hmm. your contract needs to have some sort of amendment or some sort of modification to start. You got to have a price for brown paint and purchase orders for brown paint now. So that needs to be reflected in your supplier contract with the paint supplier somehow and um so that you, you in your main contract um uh, cheat sheet whatever your cheat sheet is just have some sort of update that says you know amendment one we're now going to order brown paint and it's because the customer wants to offer designer brown boxes. And that, you know, maybe that's all you need, not a whole lot more, but if ever someone, um, you know, came on new to the team, they would understand, oh, well, that's what that amendment's for. Mm. And it could be something as simple as that. Now, lots of times it's much more complicated. That's a very simple example, but, uh, but that no. gives you a description of why you might want something like this. No, and I think that's a great example because, you know, I'd almost, uh, both on the more complex, hey, why did they change this? What is this even referring to? I think that that is good to be captured because everybody always thinks, oh, we'll remember. And sometimes you don't remember yourself, but it, more even so, you may change mm -hmm. positions. People come and go, their side come and goes. And, you know, you saw, it can be difficult to remember why you made the modifications. Now I'll ask, and I know the answer is an attorney, but I'll, I'll keep my my answer to or at bay for a minute, which is, you know, give the, the simple example, you know, we want to have a change in paint color or the box color or the construction or something simple. 
Is that something if you're modifying the agreement that you need to go to an attorney every time and that you should, you know, because that's a, the fear people have is, oh, it's, it's a minor tweak or modification. We don't need to adjust agreement. It'll be fine. Everybody will remember. I'm sure they'll pay for it. And we're probably already covered <laughs> under the agreement anyway. And so let's not worry about it. And we'll just continue on. Is that a, I have my biased opinion, but I'll ask you for, is that a good frame of mind? Should they just not worry about it if it's a minor tweak? That is, or that is never, that? never a good idea. Just remembering and hoping that everybody will be fair and remember to pay is never a good idea. If there are any changes, the best solution is to document it. Just, just so you can, you can have it in writing and you can, um, you can have it to go back to in the, in the future and say, oh, well, now we want blue. Well, here's how much it cost when we had brown. So blue probably is about the same. So, or maybe it's a little bit more, but you can have a point of reference. Um, and yeah, d never rely on the memory of anyone, especially if that person may leave the company. No, I think that's, you know, now that was going to be my biased answer as well. But, I, you know, I get it on the one hand that people are saying, oh, I don't want to have to go spend our money on an attorney and I don't want to have to redo it and have it resigned or updated or anything else. So we're just not going to worry about it. So it is a natural human, you know, tendency to just, if it's going to be a lot of work and you don't want to do it, then you'll just kind of pretend it's not there, push it aside. But I think that that, you know, one of the things is if you're having a good system that's already tracking your contracts and you have it organized, whether it's your cheat sheet and your spreadsheet and, you know, have a, a, a a document kind of repository then it makes it easy to hey we'll just simply go in make that mind you know if it is a or major modification but even a minor modification to the agreement and then we're going to be able to use that same document you know we can have an attorney if it's changing the color box from black to blue or you know something of that nature you can probably change out that one word without having an attorney sign it or review it but even if you don't if you have the repository if you have a good description of what it is it reduced your cost quite a bit because now you're not having the attorney review everything. It's just that narrow part. So I think that that's definitely yet another motivation and reason why people would want to track what they're doing, manage the contracts, and then otherwise have them in good order because it saves a lot of headache as things evolve, which for every business that evolves over time, people come and go, people leave, people forget things, people mm -hmm. conveniently forget things when it's not, or not favorable to them anymore. And it's mm -hmm. much easier to keep track of that. And I, one parting thought on that is I wouldn't leave it to people's memories and I also wouldn't leave it to an email. An email is not the same thing as a contract. It's better than nothing, I guess, if you're not going to get something in writing, but you're uh -huh. definitely going to want to anything that's not in writing and, and agreed to people, it, it does for legal purposes really doesn't count. So mm -hmm. now we've covered a, a few I, if, things. Oh, go I, ahead. I could, if, if you're thinking about the costs involved to to make that modification yes there there will be some time spent on that but think about the cost you're avoiding if you don't do it and then two years later someone refuses to pay a bill and they're like well why why did this shipment of 20 boxes cost you know 15 dollars extra and, you know, that's more than we've ever paid before, and we're not going to pay this invoice now. And someone is having to chase down, and they spend a week trying to find out 
why these 20 boxes cost $15 more and, and all the time that would be invested to recover the information that if you had just taken the time to make that modification, all of that effort could have been avoided. No, I think that that's, and that's, that's almost best case scenario in the sense that it may just take you some time saved to chase down why it is. And then people would say, oh yeah, well, I remember worst case scenario is say, no, we never agreed to that. We didn't understand that. And now you're stuck trying to either force them to pay what you, you know, the cost that you just ate in order to make the change, or you're having to go to court or you're having to do something, you know, that's going to affect the business. So I think that in all fronts, it saves time on the front end that you're able to easily recall it. And it also mm-hmm. saves you some legal hassles uh, potentially down the road. It, it supports the relationship. Exactly. No, I agree. It makes it re- makes your relationship better because now it's not people on their side, they're not feeling like the tab is just running up or they don't remember why it on your side, it makes it so you're saying, hey, we agreed to this, remember? And then they're like, oh yeah, okay, that's that's fair. We did agree to it. So I I, I totally agree. Well, we have covered uh, several topics and I'm sure we could talk a lot, or a lot longer on them. Um, but as we're wrapping towards the end of the podcast, I always like to ask one question at the end of expert episodes, because you know we talk about a lot of things, everything from contract management, supply chain, project management, you know, contracts, all of the, those different things. And you know, you're going to listen to this and you'll say, oh, there's a lot of things I should be doing that I probably <laughs> I probably need to be, but I don't know where to start and I can't, I can't do them all today, so to speak. So talking to that, if there's one takeaway, if people can only get started on one thing today that would make an improvement or make a, have the most impact, what would that one thing be? Oh, um, definitely document, 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 Um, whether it's, um, you know, keeping a schedule for your project and documenting the tasks that you're completing or keeping a tracker of the life cycle of your contracts, Um, whatever it is, spend that little bit of extra time to document the the work that you're doing, the completion of these tasks, um, because in the end, that is going to save you so much um, effort and time, money, it's all going to be a huge savings um, and, and, and savings of frustration, I would say. So um, definitely take that extra moment, um, invest that extra half hour to just make sure that, um, that you've documented um, the work that you're doing, all the good that you're doing, um, and, and, and make the most of it. And if you need a project manager to do that, then either become one, hire one, find one, but um, it's, it's really uh, not something that is beyond the, the, the capabilities of the average person. Yeah, I think that is a great piece of advice. You know, it seems simple on this, but yet every time people get busy and then, then you don't do it and it, it is definitely worthwhile, the investment. I think that's a great, great takeaway is to, if you could just get started on one thing, at least get a, a system in place, document it and keep track of things because it saves you a lot of time and headache and potentially legal issues in the future. So, yes. so with that, as we wrap up the podcast, if people want to reach out to you, they want to uh, be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to pick your brain, they want to get more information, they want to, you know, be an investor and a great business you're going to start or, um, or they want to be your next best friend. 
any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? My website is uh, www.thermanco.com. So T-H-U-R-M-A-N-C-O.com. All right. Well, I definitely encourage uh, everybody to reach out, contact you, find out more. And if nothing else, make a new best friend. So with that, um, as we wrap up, thank you again, Angela, for coming on the podcast. Now, for all of you that are listeners, you have your own journey to tell or your own expertise to share, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. Two more things as listeners. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so everyone else, everyone else can find out about all of our awesome episodes. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else with your business, just go to strategymeeting.com, browse for time with us to chat. Thanks again, Angela, and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you.